Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. All right, welcome back, guys. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, Real quick, for parents that have children, uh, we did not forget about you. Children, we didn't forget about you. Miss Patty is waiting for you right after the service. All of the Zoom information, we're going to provide that. Uh, There's going to be a link so that uh, you can get that link, the password, uh, for the Zoom meeting right after the service. That's at 1215 with Miss Patty. And our special guest again is going to be none other than Douglas. Douglas himself is going to be in that class. And you'll get to share and see each other and, um, and spend some time with one another. So uh, all month we have been talking about love. Today, we are going to wrap up with the topic of love. We're going to wrap up with the topic of love. Um, One of the things that we have shared over and over this month is that the love that we are talking about, we are talking about a God love, an agape love, God's love, not this world's love as you and and I know it, but no, we're, we're talking about God's love. So we learned last week that God's love and this world's love, they aren't the same thing. There are differences. There are differences. I covered uh, the first three weeks uh, some of these differences, the impact, what God's love means, what it looks like, how it feels. So today, I just want to give you some practical things for you to take uh, with you as we wrap up the topic of love. And then next week, we're going to have a a special service that I don't want you to miss. All right. So according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I gave an assignment every uh, I heard a lot of good feedback. Um, It was very encouraging. So uh, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul is giving a definition, a description of how we ought to love. And and when he describes love, he describes love unlike what we often hear on TV, social media, and on and on. But he says that God's love is patient. God's love is kind. It's not jealous. It isn't boastful. It isn't prideful. It isn't rude. That's my granddaughter's favorite uh, uh, word uh, with me. She goes, Lolo, you are so rude. <laughs> but it talks about, um, it says it doesn't demand his or her way, but that God love isn't irritable. It, it keeps no record of being wronged, and it doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices about when justice wins. God love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and God love endures through every circumstance. Does that sound like the kind of love that we give the people that we say we love? It's a question. Our love for each other 
is the way we demonstrate our love for God. Vertical love begins, vertical love begins by loving horizontally, all right? Vertical love begins by loving horizontally. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, he, he comes down to tether, to tether us all to his father's love. Now, he did this by dying on the cross, and then as he dies on the cross, and he resurrects again, and he ascends back into heaven, that great chasm, that great space, that void that separated us from our loving Father is no longer separating us. We have been brought again, brought back together, and that 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 tie that 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 kept us bound before, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that kept us, uh, that was severed before, now it's tied again, it's bound together again. And that happened on the cross of Calvary once Jesus dies and he resurrects and he ascends right back to heaven. And we're gonna pick up on the amazing work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the demonstrated love of Jesus restored us right back to the Father. However, Jesus knew that he'd be leaving the disciples. He knew that he was he, that his mission here had been finished, had been fulfilled, and that he was going to go back with the Father into heaven. But he knew that the disciples would not be able to manage life without some help. So then Jesus told his disciples, listen, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I am going to give you a helper. Now, he said that our lives, our lives as his followers, as disciples, would be better off if he left. Could you imagine that? Hey, it will be better for you if I'm gone. Jesus said that to his disciples Jesus said that to you, and he said that to me, that we would be better off if he went back to heaven. Why? Well, he said that he'd be able to send down the helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that resides with all of God's children today, if. You are a child of God. If you are a child of God. If you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit is a part of God that resides in you. The Holy Spirit plays a most vital role in how we love. Remember last week that I overemphasized that love, that the love that we give, the love that we give others isn't our love. It isn't an earthly love, but when we give love to other others, we are loving with God's love. So our earthly love will never be able to accomplish what God's unending and matchless love will be able to accomplish. So the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit is a work that isn't uh, like what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit's mission and its purpose 
is completely different from what Jesus did while he was here on earth. He said uh, in John um, 8, 28, all right? This is what Jesus said. He said, I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. While Jesus is here on earth, he was constantly a source of vertical love between the Father and his Father followers. That's what Jesus did. He received from the Father, and then he gave to his followers. Did you see that? He received from the Father, and then he gave to his followers. So it was vertical and then horizontal. But the Holy Spirit now working in us, working in you, working in me, now operates as an agent. And the Holy Spirit now connects us to the Father vertically while at the same time connecting to others horizontally, which by default then connects others right back to God. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, you remember in the demonstration I gave when I did the teaching on tethered love. Once I'm connected with the Father, every person I connect with by default is already connected in love, in love with the Father. The Holy Spirit operates as this agent. In, in, in that second chat that I called the tethered love, I used Adrian as an example. And, and, and I said that God's love is the only part of God that everyone, regardless of believing or not believing, can receive. Think about that. Regardless of you believing that Jesus is your Savior, you are entitled to receive God's love. Think about that. My brother, my sister that's listening to me this morning, or wherever you are listening to me, Today, that person next to you right now is worthy of receiving God's love regardless of whether or not they want to believe. To experience God's love by way of you and me, believers and unbelievers can feel God's love. How do they do this? By coming in contact with with God's children. You know, Jesus said that this world, this world would know, would know that we are Jesus' disciples. How? By how we love one another. Check out Romans chapter 5, verse 5 with me. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill, to fill our hearts with what? With his love. The Holy Spirit fills our hearts with God's love. Isn't that exciting to know? This is why I say over and over, you're not giving people your love. You're giving people God's love. Now, I cannot overemphasize this point 
uh, enough. The Holy Spirit doesn't fill our hearts with just any love. The Holy Spirit fills our hearts with our Father God love. That's good news. I want you to think about that. The Holy Spirit love, Holy Spirit love, it fuels, it flushes out our heart of whatever is in there. And it fills our heart with our Father's love in order for us to be able to give that love to others even when it's impossible. Even when it feels impossible to do so, we do so. Why? Because we're not giving people our love. We're giving people his love. Would you comment down below? I got it. Amen. It's making sense, Pastor. God knows that you and me are incapable in our humanity to give what isn't natural for us to give. It, it, it's, it's just, we're not capable of doing it on our own. By way of the Holy Spirit, he then makes a supernatural provision. He makes you, he makes me capable. He makes us qualified to love, not with our love, but he makes us qualified and capable to love with his love. That's good news. Now this means so much to God, our Heavenly Father, when, when you deliberately, you, you try. So when God sees that you're trying and, and you are intentionally working, that you are trying with that person at work, that you are trying with that family member, that you are trying with that neighbor, that you are trying with those with the siblings, that you are trying with the in-laws. Listen, God appreciates that hard work. Listen to what he says. God tells us that your willingness to love others, even when you feel like you cannot love, doesn't go unrewarded. So in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, this is what God's word says about how God feels. God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers. I take this moment to say to Papo, to say to David, uh, Becky, Alexis, Adrian, the amazing team, um, Patricia, um, Edwards, and, 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 and to... Um, Miriam Clark, who is watching, listen, he will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for yourself. No, for other believers. Listen, what we do day in and day out, we do it out of love. We know it's hard, but listen, we do it out of love. 
Why? Because we are caring for other believers. Now, looking at this verse in the book of Hebrews, though uh, many believe that this book was written by Paul, the Apostle Paul, um, it hasn't been confirmed. Um, the book of Hebrews uh, is, is a book that uh, the author remains unknown, but many attribute it to Paul. That's really not the issue here. But the writer, the writer speaks very similar to what the apostle uh, wrote in other letters. This is why they attribute this book to him. But the writer is speaking to a Christian church that seems to be dealing with religious persecution, with governmental tyranny, and among other things, they're being persecuted because of their belief. They are split between Gentiles and Jews and, 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 and traditions of following the, the, the uh, emperor. It, they just, they were going through a lot of things in that time when that was written. So the author tells the church not to waver, tells them not to be discouraged, but to keep on working hard, to keep on loving, to keep caring for one another. And verse 10, he gives a few practical things that I think are noteworthy, especially for us as we are wrapping up this topic of love. So there are three things I'm going to share with you today, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. But, but again, I want you to keep that verse in mind. You might want to circle it, Hebrews, that, that verse out of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. You might want to circle it, highlight it, keep it there in your notes, all right? You will not go unrewarded for your hard work. Let me say that again. You will not go unrewarded for your hard work. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Good. So the author is telling his church, all right, there are three things I want you to keep in mind. Number one, number one, God is just. God is just. That's my first point. God is just. What's he saying? That our Father, our Heavenly Father in heaven is a fair God. He is a fair God. Now, he doesn't play favorites. He is not like I am. I have, I have four kids, and, and, and of the four, there's one that could possibly be my favorite. Becky has hers. I have mine. There's a constant debate about who our favorite is. Um, that's debatable. All I know is that God has no favorites. He is a just God. What does God say? Out of Romans chapter 2, verse 11, you know what God says? That God does not show favoritism. Think about that. He loves you just like he loves me. Like he loves Becky. Like he loves Miriam. Like he loves Patty. Like he loves Jomaida. Like he loves Emmy. Like he loves Anthony. Like he loves Corey. So listen, there is nothing that I can get done in my prayer life, in my walk as a Christian, that you yourself can't get done. Why? There's no favoritism. Romans chapter 2, verse 6, 8. All right, these are the verses right before that one. 
This is what he says. And I want you to keep this in mind. He says that he will judge everyone, everyone according to what they have done. Verse seven, he says, he will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. Who offers the immortality? God offers it. So listen to what he says. But, verse 8, but, verse 8, listen to this. He will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. Ouch. So then who is God's anger for? Who's uh, God wrath for? The sinners. Those who don't go to church and pray and stomp their feet and, and, and sing songs. Well, that's not what scripture says. God's anger is for what? For those who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. For those who live for themselves, those who have no interest, no heart for others. Ouch. This is who the wrath and the anger of the Lord is for. Number two, loving isn't easy. God called loving hard work. Let me say that again. Loving isn't easy. That's my point number two. Loving isn't easy. Verse 10 in Hebrews uh, verse, I'm sorry, chapter chapter 6, verse 10. He doesn't call love easy. He doesn't call it convenient. You know, he doesn't call it suitable or painless or effortless. He calls it hard. It's hard work. What you're doing, loving others, is hard work. Are you listening to that? Becky, are you listening to that? It's, it's hard work. Loving others is hard work. David, are you listening to that? Loving others is hard work. Are you listening? Loving others is hard work. And, and, and God said that it, it's not easy. Your heavenly father knows that loving others is hard. So God calls it hard work. It takes favorable intentional feelings and emotions over people that sometimes doesn't necessarily deserve it. That's hard. It's hard to love people, especially when you feel that they may not deserve it. You know what I'm talking about? Should I put my hand on my waist? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Don't do that, Becky. <laughs> Listen. It's hard work to love people, especially when you feel that they don't deserve it. That's hard work. You ever felt that way before? You ever felt that way before? I can't love that person. That person don't deserve my love. Well, you know, 
This world teaches that. This world promotes that. Not our, not our Lord and Savior Jesus. He says that we demonstrate our love for our Father in the way that we love each other. And loving each other is hard work. Hard work. I want I want that one to set in there for a moment because I know that some of you are struggling, are being tried, are experiencing friction with folk, with some people. They they're people that are close to you. It's probably the person sitting next to you right now. It's hard. It, it's it's hard work. However, it doesn't go unrewarded and God does not reward like man rewards that's great number three my last point loving others is always demonstrated in action ah what does that mean what does what does that mean loving others that's my third point my third point is loving others is always demonstrated in actions. Let's read out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 42 to 45. This is Jesus, and Jesus is sharing a parable. He's sharing a story, okay? It's an allegory, and he's sharing this with his disciples. And, and this, is, this, is, this is what he said. I'm kind of going to skip. I'm going to try to summarize this because I, I want to get right to the point of what Jesus said. Jesus said, Verse uh, 42, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I, I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, oh, 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 Lord. When did we ever see you hungry? When did we ever see you thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? When, Lord? And he will answer, verse 45, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers, my sisters, you were refusing to help me. Show your love to God by loving others. Loving, loving is demonstrated always in actions. Loving others is always demonstrated in actions. Listen, why, do, why is that one of my points? Guys, I've been a Christian all my life, basically all my life. Not perfect. I've messed up. In fact, I think driving here, I probably messed up a couple of times. But, but you know, um, I, I try. I, I, I try to be authentic. I try to be genuine in, in my walk. And, and you get to hear people say, oh, man, I love you, Pastor Jay. Man, I love you. I, I love you. I, I love you. But saying I love you and your actions are two different things. When I say I love you to a person, I understand the weight, the commitment of that word, love. 
love. You know, we, we don't love only when it feels right. We don't love only when things go our way. We don't just love when things are easy. We don't just love when all eyes are on us as we are loving. We don't love, we don't just love when there is an interest or an arterial motive or a hidden agenda. No, when we say we love, we must love with God's love and we must demonstrate it in action. If you're thinking that God your father is impressed by how spiritual you are, by how much you pray, by how often you go to church, by how many Bible verses you know, by how many Christian books you read, by how many quotes you have or how often you pray and fast. If you think that those things impress God, you have another thing coming. You know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, when he is talking about love? This is what Paul said. Paul said, if, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and I possessed all knowledge, meaning earthly, earthly wisdom, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, man, could you imagine that? But I didn't love others, I would be nothing. Paul said that. If, if, what? Yeah, if I had spiritual gifts, if I could perform miracles, if, if I had earthly knowledge, if, if I'm an intellectual, all of those things combined and I didn't have love, I would be nothing. I would be nothing. Paul, I think Paul sums it up for all of us. All month, this is what we talked about. You know, as a church, our aim as a church here isn't to make people into perfect, unblemished uh, uh, um, um, saints or individuals. But what we try to do is point people to the one who is perfect, who is unblemished, who is the perfect love, the embodiment of love. Jesus. And, and one of the things we try to do is we try to grow people in their love for one another. We are always trying to point people to Jesus in all that we do in how we treat others. By loving one another more and more, we continue to demonstrate how much we love God. You know, a few weeks back, I got a testimony from someone and I, I wanted to read what they wrote to me. I wanted to share this with you. And um, these are the words. Pastor Jay, most handsome pastor you. That's what, that's what that person said. <laughs> they said, Pastor Jay, I want to first start by thanking God. Come on, by thanking God for your obedience and vision. Due to your vision today, my children and I are witnessing God's grace. The person wrote, a few years ago, my family and I were hit, have been hit 
physically and mentally. About four years ago, I've been through a lot of physical ailments and it happened in front of my church community. Not only did this moment of darkness increase my faith, imagine that, it increased the faith um, and trust, but my sisters, my sisters in the church became soldiers of Christ as the Bible speaks. For example, today I have a group of sisters that I can call on for prayer. She said, my sister, Miss Miriam, is one of the most willing and beautiful prayer warriors that at any moment she can stop her day to pray for me. She said, Patty Edwards has sent me the most powerful verse in my personal darkest moments. Deanna has sat on the phone with me to hear my cry and pray alongside of me. She said, Becky has sat with me at the hospital many times and prayed for me and held my hand and kept me encouraged. She said, Emmy has texted me verses that she has no idea how God uses her. She is such a beautiful vessel that is used every day when we all receive those text messages or videos to encourage us in our new day. And on and on, she said, Jessica, for sure. Then she said, Ayana. She said, Jewel. And the rest of all my sisters, I am so thankful for having such an amazing family. That was from your friend, your sister, Jomaida, my sister, Jomaida Carmona. And um, she wanted to share those words with you all this morning. This is what demonstrated love looks like. It's a horizontal work. While we're giving horizontal love, vertical love, vertical love is demonstrated and God receives all the glory. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.